Shout out to the mighty, the mighty who that nation, man. We up in this thing. Shout out to the fam. Coffee with Q, Saturday morning Saints talk. Or are the Saints really committed to winning? Are they really winning or committed to winning? We'll talk about it in this early episode of the coma. So shout out to the fam. Appreciate each and every last one of y'all for being in the stream. Good morning, grand rising to all of the fantastic enduring let me add that in there enduring enduring saints family members across the world shout out to you guys appreciate y'all being in the stream (laughs) all day and he gets in trouble with that so there's other things to be concerned about too but those are two of the biggest things right now that's severely hampering the quarterback play now The other thing to talk about outside of car is the Saints offensive line. The Saints offensive line is putrid. I'm going to just keep it a buck with you. They had a couple of positive outings against the teams prior to this loss. But when you play teams that are serious, not even top notch teams, but teams that are serious or just simply have the will to go at you, the Saints, they shrink against that. And it's because the offensive line, think about it, the offensive line for the Saints, none of those guys are guys known to have ferocity or upsetness or have an edge or play with an edge. None of those guys are. McCoy is a nice guy. Uh, Cesar Ruiz is just whatever. Ramchek is a nice guy. He used to play angry before he got the money, but he just won't hug everybody now since he got the money. He a big teddy bear now. And then you look on the opposite side where Andrews Pete is, is just obviously not what he used to be. He needs to go. And also James Hurst needs to be put in the hearse and shipped out of here. That's what I think about that. These guys are not handling their business. They don't play with any upsetness, any aggression. Because t- blocking takes a certain mentality to be able to literally physically maul people and push them out of the way angrily. You have to have a certain temperament for that. And the Saints do not have the proper temperament. Who does have the proper te- temperament for it, but lacking on the skill side of things because he's not getting the reps, is Trevor Penning. Penning's going to make mistakes because he's a young offensive lineman, what their excuse is. 
Each one of these guys that I made mention of have been with the Saints and have considerable starting experience over the last three or four years. What are their excuses for stink, funk, garbage, inconsistent play? What's their excuses? They don't have any excuses. We just played Patsy's Ruiz. You played McCoy last year. Ramchek is a top 10 offensive lineman in terms of his pay, even though he doesn't play like that. And Hurst and Pete are on the outside looking in because both of those guys are going to be free agents. So you got from the center to the right side of the offensive line that got contracts, the rest don't. We're about to leave up out of here. That's why I was saying to the family members, man, that offensive line needs to be retooled because they don't have, they don't play with any upsetness and no anger. And it shows in the Saints rushing attack. The only person that's upset and frustrated is Kamara because he can't get to the lane. He, I mean, it's crazy. And then you would think with a dumb line like that, that you would put a fullback in there to help Elvin run. Nope. We don't do that either, which takes us to the offensive coordinator, the offensive coordinator. And I'm not skipping over the offensive line coach because he needs to be fired. Doug Marone needs to be fired. I don't understand how you have a veteran offensive line and they turn out similar performances. You can't run the football, even against teams that are not that good. We can't run the football. We got Elvin Kamara and Jamal Williams. Those are not chopped liver players. Those are very good players. That's supposed to be a solid tandem that we have there. We can't get nothing. And it's not just Elvin, it's Jamal too. So that's offensive line. It's not like they respond to one versus the other. They were, they're not getting yardage at all. Jamal comes in there. He got 222 yards with two touchdowns on the year. We got two season, two games left. Kamara, he ain't going to get eight. I doubt he, he ain't going to get 800. He might get 40 yards next game, 60 yards the next. So it's like the offensive line is a major problem. So Marone definitely needs to be fired. Or, and that's another decision that needs to make, man, listen, this line is not under, it's underperforming. It's been underperforming all year. They had a few bright, positive uh, situations that occurred, but overall, it's a failing line for us. It is. Ram stays hurt. He got a bad knee, and that needs to be really considered about the type of money that they're giving him. They need to see about doing something about that. They really need to focus in free agency and in the draft of improving this line because it stinks. These guys are overpaid and they're not performing. I'm sorry to say, and I like Ruiz and I like uh, McCoy. McCoy is one of my favorite offensive linemen. It, I don't like to say that, but I got to call it like I see it. And them freaking guys know I'm telling the truth. They know. They can't argue with that. And, and the critique is I want to see them get better, but in order to get better, we need somebody that can motivate them or at least threaten to pull their jobs if they don't step up and perform. We have this. So it's dysfunction at multiple levels in the Saints offense that's creating this. The offensive line stinks and it's up and down. The offensive, the offensive line coach needs to be removed and somebody else needs to be put there. Pete Carmichael needs his job restricted or have the passing game coordinator Curry just to call plays just to see how things, sometimes you, that's a slight change can mean a big difference. We need to see that. So we're not seeing that. So that I just gave three or more than three, multiple different solutions to problems that the Saints are obviously dealing with. I don't have to bombard you with the statistics to prove my point. Y'all know what y'all see and y'all know the stats already. So I don't have to keep doing that. But at the top of the snake, it really is Dennis Allen's inability to motivate, inability to, to be detail focused, inability to to make the proper decisions. The big thing is decisions. You have the power to make decisions that nobody else has over the team. You know, 
He's the most powerful guy, which is very scary over the Saints team. And remember, this is old stuff, traditional stuff that y'all all know. The team takes on the mentality and the energy of the head coach. And what you see out there is an up and down, inconsistent team. That is literally the mindset and the and, and exact embodiment of what Dennis Allen is. He's inconsistent and he's up and down because he lacks discipline to put the press on when it counts. Let me show y'all something, man. And I'm going to keep it moving in a second. This is something that I told y'all and I really kind of delved into this and I kind of showed the family members this. And I say, listen, man, I pay attention to trends, which is history. It'll tell you a lot. I told y'all this prior to the game and I told y'all this after the game. I said the Saints during this season, they've had two, actually three, and I always mess it up. For, well, not always, but because it's, it's kind of a kind of a twister. They've had three two game winning streaks. I think I said that right. Okay, they had, I'm going to say it again. I'm going to say it again, baby. They had three two game winning streaks. Okay, we got that clear? Check in the chat. They had three two game winning streaks. Now, how did they perform on the first two two game winning streaks, right? It's on the screen. I showed y'all this and I said, family, keep this in mind because history repeats itself. Weeks one and two wins against Tennessee and Carolina were then followed up by losses to teams they should have beat, including a co- epic, a epic collapse. They had the game away in Green Bay. They were winning by 17 points with 11 minutes left to go in the fourth quarter. And then people let Green Bay score 18 points to win the game. Unbelievable. How did you go? And they had a chance to close out. They were up by 17 in the fourth quarter, not even a full fourth, 11 minutes left, not even a full fourth quarter. They could have had the three game winning streak there. And what did they do? Collapse mentally, spiritually, physically, and every other way you could possibly imagine. So you thinking, okay, they just lost by one. They just lost their stuff. They'll be back. Nope. They gave a worse performance against Tampa Bay in the dome. They come back home and and lay out 26 to nine and let Baker Mayfield run around on them like he was Joe Montana, like he was Steve Young or somebody. Right. Then they come back and knock the hell out of New England. Right. Then that's not I'm not going to even count the win over New England. Let's go to the second of the two game winning streaks. It occurred with Indianapolis win 38 to 27, which was a team that was missing its quarterback and some talent. They beat them 38 to 27. They beat Chicago as one of the worst teams in the NFL as well. They beat them 24 to 17 in the game. And then after that, they're doing good, right? They had some decent wins. And what happens after that? They lost three in a row. They lost to a Minnesota team without a starting quarterback, a guy that did just pilfered off of the trade block a few weeks before or a week before the season that came in there and beat the Saints and threw all around on them and doing all kinds of stuff to them. They didn't even have Jefferson. They were missing Cousins. He was out. Jefferson was out, and they still beat the Saints in Minnesota. Stupid. So he's like, okay, that was just a fluke. Let's just re, you know, take the bye week, then come back. We'll be fine, right? We got all week to get healthy. Listen, we had a chance to sit down and look at all our problems. And let me tell you something. We sat down and we pinpointed all our problems, and then we solved it. 
we solve all the problems. We sat down and said, hey, you was making this problem. We had that problem. We ironed, we ironed out all our wrinkles. Let me tell you, we it really did us some good. We went and had a retreat and then we just sat down there and we had a good old powwow and we ironed out all our wrinkles and all our problems. Everything is fine. Y'all going to see it. We had a really great practice. We had Hall of Fame style practice. You should have seen it. Chris Olave and Rashid Shaheed with jumping backflips and backflipping and one guy backflipping to the end zone and caught a touchdown. Then he flipped, grabbed the end zone, swung on it like a gymnast, a gymnast and then, you know, stood on that tap dance on the crossbar. It's amazing. He didn't fall off of that. Then backflip down. Y'all should have seen it. Y'all should have seen it, man. We was really getting it that day. And what happened? Atlanta happened after the bye and they lose to the Falcons. Then they turn around and say, okay, well, that was a tough game. You know, we, we, you know, we're going to rebound. We're going to be back, baby. And guess what? They turn around, they lost to Detroit. So that's three straight losses that they had, including in between the bye week when you're supposed to get your stuff straight. And I'm not playing. They told us, I kind of exaggerated the backflips and all that, you know, but that's just to illustrate the point that they told us, hey, we ironed out all our wrinkles. Oh, we were all there. Hey, that old Q guy, you don't know what he's talking about. Listen, we got it figured out. They told us that. They told us that. I got it all here. That's why I play that stuff because it mysteriously always seems to disappear off the web. <laughs> I play that and archive it and bring light to it. I, I actually archive it and save it because it will disappear. It most certainly will. And then what happened after that? That's the second of the two game winning streaks, the three game losing streak after the two game winning streak the second time. So let's just stop and kind of do a summary there. Right. First two weeks, two game winning streak to start the season off was followed by a two game losing streak. The second two game winning streak when Indianapolis and Chicago was followed by a three game losing streak. History now trends. So what happened? The Saints' third two-game winning streak, Carolina and the Giants, they beat them. And where are they now? They're on a loss to the Rams. So how long is this one going to be? I, if history tells you anything, it's going to be at least two games. <laughs> it's going to be at least two games, according to history. It's going to either be two or three, take your damn pick. Take your pick. History. Now I'm saying that is why at 2 Q. Why at two do they stop doing that, that it falls apart? Because that's when discipline, that's when focus, that's when attention to detail, that's when other things that are more, that you need more than the two game winning streak needs to be accounted for. That's when teams start getting kind of cocky. That's when teams start getting overconfident. That's when teams start letting up off of the practice intensity and start doing stuff like we got it now. And then they don't got it. <laughs> it takes an extra level that they can't climb to family. And that's what I'm saying. It is, isn't that interesting. And I was saying that man, and I knew that. And I said, man, I think I got the game all figured out here. I done found the cheat code and I was holding back and I didn't want to tell the family members. And I said, bro, you might as well go ahead on and tell them you got to keep it real. You know, your thing is, you know, keep it a buck 15, not a hundred, but a buck 15. And that's what I do. I keep it a buck 15. I say, family, listen, order for them to do what they need to do. They're going to have to win out, which they ain't, they're not going to win out. We know that. So if, if history of, is just recent history from this season is anything, it means anything, then you can't dispute that. 
Can they break that trend? Because every losing streak comes with at least two games. Do they shake that? Do they shake that? That is to that's to be continued. That's what we call an old back in the days time when you was watching and then it gets really good and then they turn a black screen on and it beats to be continued. Like, oh, man. That's what I'm talking about. So that's a little bit of history I wanted just to kind of share with the family members on, man. All right, Chantel says, Q, Mickey Mouse Loomis not going to fire his boy, D.A., going to make him look bad. He didn't have any choice. See, a lot of people are saying this stuff, and I I, I heard the uh, – let me see if I can pull that up, matter of fact, because it was a tweet that was uh, Ian Rappaport was saying. And what he was saying wasn't really surprising about the Saints, you know, what he was saying about the Saints and a, and a thing about them. Uh, and I don't know if y'all seen it or not, but I'm going to see if I can kind of pull it up and play it for you guys so you can hear what he was saying about um about the situations around the uh, the Saints. So let me see if I can. Uh, I don't know if I can pull it. I don't know if I have the right one. I don't know if it's the right. OK, yeah, I think I found it. So I'm going to play it for you guys in a second. But. You know, this is the thing. Now, we had this and we played this. Thank you, Chantel. Appreciate you for that. But like I said about the whole Mickey Loomis thing, Mickey Loomis doesn't want to fire him. He doesn't. And that's really weird. And people should think about this. Like, okay, if it's about production in the NFL, this is the NFL. It's notorious, a notoriously savage business in terms of getting rid of people if they're not winning. What makes the Saints different than most NFL teams who are very savage and very disciplined about finding the correct personnel? to run the team. The the answer to that is money, your money, because you afforded them to be lazy and slothful. And that's what their actions are. So they are a a team that a lot of older people are running this team. And the mentality that Mickey Loomis is using, it doesn't fit for today's NFL. Dennis Allen is not the answer. And his judgment is severely impaired because the results on the field do not agree with his judgment of who Dennis Allen is as a, he might like him or as Gail would say, that's a very nice man. That's such a nice man. That's Gail. Right. So uh, yeah, I do a pretty good Gail too, but listen, that that's his, her perception in his perception on Dennis Allen. And once I said, like she used to say that about Elvin Gentry, he's such a nice man. If you like Elvin Gentry so much, hire him to give out tickets or teddy bears or run charity drives. That's fine. Just keep him away from coaching. You know, and I say the th- same thing about Mickey. The cold part, cold part about it is Mickey Loomis actually has two jobs. He's a VP and he's the general manager. We simply need to take one of them and let him do whatever the a VP does for the Saints, which probably ain't much of nothing. But general manager position, he's not really doing anything. And doing anything means not just find, file. This is your charge. You are responsible for this guy. And he's not winning games. The team is underachievement. So instead of going to Dennis Allen says, listen, I had a conversation with Dennis. I talked to him. That's more, that's more Mike Tyson. I'm getting my stuff mixed up. Hold on here. Let me get it together here. Hey, he's such a nice man. Yeah, let me tell you something, Q. Yeah, that is. Well, let me, I, hold on. I heard you say that, you know, and that's a pretty good, that's a pretty good Gail Benson. You know, I got to give you that. Yeah. Yeah. Hold on. See, I, I understand here, you know, and I, I ain't like Dennis Allen. You know, I play golf with Dennis Allen. You know, I, 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 you're right. You know, I, I don't want to fire Dennis. Oh, I hear you, Mickey. I know you don't want to fire him. You play golf with your buddy, but listen, it ain't about that, bro. This business. 
well, I, you know, we're family over here. You know, you're, you, you don't fire your family. You do if they screwing up. <laughs> oh, yeah, you will. Oh, yes, you will. You're going to get rid of him and we're going to get rid of your ass. That's the bottom line. It's going to be one or two of you. So if you won't fall with him, he's going to fall eventually because he don't have it. That's clear and obvious. It's either you make a decision. You have a choice. He doesn't. He's already gone to who that nation has already fired his ass, whether you want to know it or not. Let me just get that out the way. He's already fired by the who that nation. There are not too many people that's out there as Jazzy Jeff and, and cheerleading to keep Dennis Allen here. There's not too many of them. The majority of the people that I've talked to and that that are messaging me and that I see want him gone. They want him gone. He's already fired. It's up to you to look at the evidence on the table and say, you know what? I'm sorry, but I'm going to have to fire you. Because the team is underachievement and we have a small window to activate. And that's another point. You're wasting away talents like Cam Jordan, Demario Davis. These are older players. So the Saints had to move quickly to make it work. And they haven't. They failed with Dennis Allen. So if the faster they move to disconnect from them and find somebody to come in to claim it, they can salvage some of the window, not all of it because they've wasted it away, but at least some of this stuff that they can salvage. So anyway, thank you. Appreciate the super chat uh, uh, right there, Chantel. Much love. I want to say thank you. Thank you very much. Picking me up and me back to this He's such a nice man. Jamie says, I'm in Nashville and damn near all the Titans fans have said they're glad that the Titans aren't in the same situation we're in. Indeed, it stinks and it sucks to have a head coach that doesn't know what he's doing is obviously over his head and the management refuses to see it because they're egotistical. There's a lot of money. It's more, it's not about arrogance. It's more money behind this than anything. Cause I'm thinking the saints have paid this dude. They've paid Dennis Allen a significant amount of money. It ain't no five or 6 million. It's something North of that. And I wouldn't be surprised if it's eight to 10 million a season that they paying Dennis Allen to be here. And they don't want to let you know that. And for them to cut that contract, they would have to then settle with Dennis Allen and then hire a coach to do his job. And I'm saying this is all economic. This ain't got nothing to do with them protecting him because he's fans. He's a friend of him or something like that. This is a money arrangement that's very weird between the Saints and Dennis Allen. That's why they're keeping Dennis Allen's contract uh, quiet and undisclosed to your ass. And I really do think that's the reason. Thank you, uh, Jamie, for that. Appreciate it. Say thank you. Thank you very much. All right, shout out to the fam, man. Infinity, shout out to you. Good to see you. It says, Q, the Saints need you on their staff. I, they don't want me up there, fam. I mean, let me tell you something, bro. I'm not a hard guy to deal with, but I ain't no guy. I'm not a dude to put up with no nonsense, bro. You know, I'm just not that guy, man. I'm a, you know, I, you, you, you know, what you, you meet me, what you see is what you get. Like, I'm, 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 and I'm intelligent. I'm fun. You know, I laugh. I joke. Y'all, what y'all hear from me all the time throughout the weeks is who I am. You know, you know, that's this is who I am. So if I go up there, I'll get along with people. But all that other stuff, like if a guy is not doing his job, you have a discussion. But it's not going to be if you don't perform up the standard and you're out here messing up and screwing up. I got to get you out of there, bro, because this is an opportunity that most people would you know, jump over hills, climb mountains for to play in the NFL, to take care of their family. You got to remember that and always remember to play like each one of these games is your last game. That's what I want 
I don't, you know, like, well, that kind of keep them on eggshells. You got to have a certain environment of success because you got to understand people making tens of millions of dollars. Sometimes you're going to get a little lazy and um, what is it? Comfortable. And that's dangerous to be in that mind. If you're a person that's progressive and always constantly moving and trying to improve yourself, comfort is one thing. I'm keeping it a buck 15. Comfort is one thing that will hinder you big time because people get stuck and comfortable at certain levels and they stay there because it's comfortable and they're not supposed to do that. You comfort can be an enemy to you, not you just sitting down after a long day and you're putting your feet up in your comfort. I ain't talking about that shit. I'm talking about a mentality that will prevent you from climbing to be the best. Comfort can kill you, can hurt you. I'm telling you the truth. And that's the type of stuff I would activate on. That's what kind of mindset I would create. You think Dennis Allen teaching in that in that building? Of course not. He's not doing that. All right. So anyway, let's get to this, man. Let's see what Ian Rappaport had to say about the same situation. I think this is the correct tweet. Here we go. But the spotlight is going to shine on the Saints a little bit as we get late in the season. Yeah, and, you know, to, to me, I mean, first I want to go back to, to what you guys said about that decision at the end of the first half. I actually thought it was a good decision. The outcome was bad. It was the kind of game where you knew the Rams were going to score, and watching Sean McVay go for it on fourth down from the two or whatever that was early on made me think, like, all right, the Saints have to match that aggression. They did. They just didn't execute well. But the spotlight is going to shine on the Saints a little bit. As we get late in the season, as the playoffs, they're not out of it. They can certainly win two in a row and potentially get in the playoffs. But it's a little bit of an uphill climb. And then, of course, this is the time of year where everyone talks about what does this mean for job status? My understanding is that Dennis Allen is in a good spot. Obviously, if it goes horrific at the end of the year, this is always subject to change. Life is subject to change. But that is where it stands right now. I think one of the reasons is they're not getting out of where they are anytime soon. You have Derek Carr, who's fully guaranteed for next year. Could they move on? I don't know. I don't think they'd want to, but you know, it's expensive if they decide to. You have an, a roster that's getting a little older, it's getting a little slower. It's still really expensive off the edge, probably not as fast and twitchy as you would like, especially with some of the injuries. If they're going to rebuild, they're going to have to actually rebuild. And it just doesn't feel like that's something you do with a completely new coach and you can't do it next year basically anyway. So it does seem prime for a reboot in New Orleans. All right. So let, that's Ian Rappaport's take on it, fam. I'm sorry I had to mute it before. I hope y'all heard that. Y'all put one in the chat if y'all actually heard that. Uh, and Chantel says if they play Cleveland Browns <laughs> number one defense, the, the, they would the Saints offense. for They would eat the Saints for lunch, especially Miles Garrett. He's a beast. Indeed. Indeed. Thank you, Chantel. I'm trying to say thank you. I appreciate you, Chantel. Much love. Yeah, indeed. And the and what Ian Rappaport said about it, that Dennis Allen is in a safe place or he's in a good place. I think he said the term good place. Good place. Good place. Why would he be in a good place? See, the question, that's the question. The question is, why would they hold on to Dennis Allen? This is not about liking Dennis Allen. This is not it at all. This is money. The Saints don't want to break the money that they spent them. Now, what's the money? We... We don't know. People are guesstimating that it's an average contract between six to seven million dollars or between five to seven million dollars that they're paying Dennis Allen over a span of three to four years. Right. He's about to complete year number two of the process. 
Now, why would they fight or rather have the mindset to want to keep Dennis Allen there, even though the team is underperforming with him? And obviously is a person that should be on the hot seat to be removed. Why? Money. The contract is not five, four, five or six million dollars. That's not enough for them to undisclose it or keep it from getting to you. It's north of that. I'm telling you it is because none of this makes sense. Because Ian Rappaport's one of the best, if not the best insider in the game. And he says Dennis Allen's in a good place. And they leaked out another little thing about, well, the Saints won't want to get rid of him. Why? Because of the money that they're paying him. I'm telling you, it's something north of $8 million a season that they're paying Dennis Allen. And they don't want you to know that. They're paying him that much. They're paying a guy with a sub record, a losing ass record as a head coach. A guy that's showing you that he can't get a team that is littered and loaded with talent. Even the team that he picked, even they used the, the, the excuse last year about injuries and the fact that we need to give Dennis his own guys. So what did the Dennis do? They gave Dennis all of his guys. They gave him the defensive line coach that he wanted, the secondary coach that he wanted, the defensive coordinator he wanted. He picked the tight ends coach that he wanted. He picked everybody who he wanted, and this team mirrored him more than last year's team. And what was the result? You are now seven and eight with two games remaining, chasing, looking up at another team, hoping they lose so you can have an opportunity to have another chance when you had several others that you allowed to slip through your grasp. Why would they try to hold on to him for a third season? It's not because they believe in him that much. I'm telling you, that's what they'll tell you. But it's money behind this. His contract is larger than what they're saying it is. And I'm telling you, when they finally, finally, finally fire him. All that stuff is going to come out about how much the contract was. And y'all going to see like once again, that we be hitting on it. That's the only reason why. And I'm telling y'all, you would not de- you would not choose, you know, you would not release the contract details of the saints coach, unless it's the details make you look very questionable. You know, when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks, That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.